set for Broncos and 49ers tonight. Here's Matt Smith and Kyle Reese. Good afternoon, Denver, Colorado. It's Kyle Reese, Matt Smith. Matt Smith is uh, taking care of a little business. He'll be on with us in a second segment. We will be taking you up to kickoff for the Broncos at 49ers. It's their second preseason game. And they are trying to work out the kinks like many other NFL teams. Uh, there's lots of NFL action last night that we had a chance to tune into. And some of it good, some of it bad. That's how preseason works. But everyone is trying to figure out rosters, guys trying to make teams, and obviously putting forth their best effort. I don't anticipate you'll see much different from the Denver Broncos tonight. Lots of fans wondering what this team is going to look like and how Sean Payton is going to transform the Denver offense. Hopefully it will be on display a little bit tonight. Much to the delight of many Bronco fans, there's a lot of optimism because Javante Williams is actually going to play. Sean Payton told us about 10, anywhere 10 to 15 plays that you're going to get to see Javante Williams since he went down last year against the Raiders. That was at Las Vegas and uh, tore an ACL there and had a overhaul on his knee. And we had we had hopes coming out of Javante Williams' rookie year where he carried the ball 203 times, split carries with Melvin Gordon. And there was a lot of optimism because he looked really good, looked like a natural fit in the wide zone game. And then Nathaniel Hackett came in and had this big grandiose plan for him. And um, obviously we didn't get to see that come to fruition because he went down early on in the season. And that happened late enough in the season that you would not anticipate that he would be back this early and ready to go and actually be ready to take hits in a preseason game. But he is going to play tonight again, uh, upwards of 10 plays. And and, and I, I would imagine that Sean Payton wants to see whether or not he trusts himself, whether, he, whether or not um, – he can cut it and, and be the guy that he was that showed so much promise in his rookie year. So a lot of fans excited, and I myself excited to see Javante Williams in action tonight because there's so much promise there. And again, it's going to be a one-two punch between him and P. Ryan, but it is a, a delight to see him out there. It, it, it's just, it, it's tough when you see that happen when you know that an offense is based around what can happen in the run game and, and around one particular player. And, and then it became kind of a carousel or musical chairs at the running back position, ultimately landing a lot on Latavius Murray last year, who came in and did a pretty good job, but it wasn't the original intent of the offense. So you'll get to see a little bit of that tonight. Um Other Broncos that are not in action, obviously. Uh, Elliot Fry is a... Uh, Got turned loose a little earlier this week. Uh, I think that further complicates the kicking situation. But you won't see K. Juan Williams. Doesn't sound like you'll see P.J. Locke, Nick Benito, obviously Josie Jewell. Uh, D.J. Jones last week went out with a concussion. Uh, saw him a little bit of practice this week, but probably not a guy that you need to see a ton of football out of. Michael Glinchy, man, it, that's, that's a tough one because Quinn Bailey took a lot of the uh, reps at right tackle this week in practice. Uh, and that was because McGlinchey went down. And, and I believe that you need to see this Broncos offensive unit as a whole work together. And so Mike McGlinchey not being able to play tonight is going to be kind of a, a missed opportunity in order to do that. 
Brandon Johnson, another questionable guy. Justin Simmons, obviously, doesn't need. We don't need to see a ton of football out of him. Uh, and then, obviously, the, the the guys that you lost early on in the season: Jonas Griffin out on injured reserve. Riley Moss doesn't sound like he's going to be back anytime soon. Tim Patrick on injured reserve as well. So, uh, not what you would anticipate seeing, um, but also you know some opportunity for young guys that that are uh, trying to make the team. So excited to see these guys in action. Again, Javante Williams makes his debut ahead of schedule by all accounts. Even in the springtime when we were hearing that he was going to be back and that he was participating. And then you go out to practice over the last few weeks. And he's actually, I think Sean Payton was really intentional about giving him first team reps. When team period started, when offensive period started, he was the first one in. Uh, and I think there was a very clear message being sent in that, that um, one, you're healthy. We believe in you. You're our guy. And two, uh, we, we want to instill some of that trust in, in you that you may not have in yourself just yet. So really excited to see uh, Javante Williams put it on the line tonight. The Broncos are at San Francisco San Francisco has a really interesting conundrum out there in terms of the quarterback position. I, listen, uh, have has anyone heard who's going to start at the quarterback for them in the preseason or even in the regular season? Uh, the guy that you wanted in Trey Lance is probably the least effective of all of them, and we've seen the least of all of them. You've got Sam Darnold, who I don't know why they decided that was a good idea to add to the mix. And then, obviously, Mr. Irrelevant and and Brock Purdy, who took that team to the NFC Championship last year. So they've got a really interesting situation to watch in terms of sorting out their quarterback situation. They've also got an elite pass rusher who is, uh, you know, not that you would see him a ton or that he has a ton to prove in the preseason, but they've got some ironing out that has to be to be managed there and obviously some guaranteed money that the Bosa family is is raking up. Golly, could you imagine being mom and dad in the Bosa family? Sit back and chill, drink Mai Tais. Every day is a holiday in the Bosa family. I just want to lie on the beach and eat hot dogs. Goodness gracious. It's a lot of money being made in that household. And rightfully so, because those kids can play. Nick and Joey, man. And I was, Great young man. Good, here, listen, I don't, I don't know, I, I, I don't know who they are or what they do, but I know they can play some doggone football. So San Francisco obviously has got a lot to figure out as well. They are not uh, going to play a lot of their regulars. They've got a few guys that are out nursing injuries as well. You won't see George Kittle, obviously, right? Probably not going to see Christian McCaffrey much. But I would anticipate that they they try to figure out some things at quarterback and figure out uh, who's really going to begin to separate themselves. Ty, the the Sam Darnold situation seems really, really confusing to me. Yeah, it doesn't seem very conducive to what they're they're doing. It seems like a a panic move. It was, and maybe they were in panic mode. Now, Now, remember, Brock Purdy had a... Un, very unusual injury for a quarterback. Yeah, right? I mean, it's a it's an injury you'd see in baseball more, more often than uh, than football. Yeah, one one that I was not familiar with, even you know having been around for a while. It, I believe that was the UCL. Yeah, that was classified as. Yeah, right. I think so. Like, and, like right in his elbow. Yeah, and, and and that happened in the NFC Championship game. So that happened in January of this year. So the timeline of him coming back was pretty unknown at that point. And so uh, he 
too, is ahead of schedule in terms of rehabilitation and and getting back in the lineup and, by all accounts, uh, is looking to lead that team again. But remember, they didn't have a plan for him. That wasn't the intended guy at that particular position. It was Trey Lance's show. Jimmy Garoppolo out of the way. Jimmy Garoppolo last year was practicing on another field. They didn't want him to be the guy. Matter of fact, they didn't even want anybody to believe or to think that he was going to be in that position because they ostracized him from the rest of the team, and he wound up having to play for him last year. So Trey Lance, uh, I, I, I don't want to call him a disappointment. I don't want to call him a bust. I'm not close enough to the situation, but obviously there was enough trepidation there to have brought in Sam Darnold and then Brock Purdy's emergence is making things a little bit more complicated. I don't know if that's a good problem to have. I've heard the statement that says if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any. I don't know what it means to have three at this point. Well, I mean, from the sounds of it, like the reports coming out of training camp and, and preseason, it, it sounds kind of like they they do have one quarterback in the end. You would like to. And, and look, if Brock Purdy can pick up where he left off at, then I think the the 49ers are going to be right on track, playing the weaker division. Seattle has a little bit to say about that. Yeah. But but the Niners are are, are the stronger team there. Uh, you're not going to see tonight uh, Dre Greenlaw. You're not going to see George Kittle. Uh, you're not going to see Nick Bosa, obviously. Um, they don't have a ton of guys on their injury report that anybody would be familiar with. Uh, Taco Charlton, is that's a tough one for them to have to put on injury reserve as well. Uh, I know they were counting on him to contribute. So, um, you know, it, it's going to be a little bit of a skeleton crew on both sides. But, again, this is what preseason is about. Who is going to set themselves apart, make the roster, find a way to contribute in different ways. Maybe it's in special teams. Uh, and do something that's going to turn the – the heads of the uh, the coaches and make them pound the table for you. There are plenty of guys on the Bronco roster that are going to have the opportunity to do that. We talked about Javante Williams being that guy, but there's another player in that running back room that I am looking forward to seeing maybe differentiate himself from the other players in that room. We'll tell you who that player is. Uh, Matt Smith will also be joining us. We'll take you up all the way to kickoff. Is the Broncos pregame on 104.3 The Fan. <laughs> Kyle Reese, Matt Smith, taking you up to kickoff tonight. It is the Broncos at the 49ers. That is at Levi Stadium. Kickoff is at 630 tonight. And man, boy, I don't know if I left last week's games game with more questions than answers. Samaj P. Ryan is, as advertised, solid, reliable back. And if need be, he can probably probably be a three-down back for eight or nine games in the season. He has a very violent running style, a very Marion Barber-esque running style. So uh, that's why I say eight or nine games, just because that doesn't lend to a whole lot of durability. So he works best in tandem, like he did with Mixon in, in Cincinnati. And then I look at Sean Payton and how he likes to constitute his offenses. And I reflect on the days of Pierre Thomas, Mark Ingram, Chris Ivory was in that mix. 
Uh, Darren Sproles was in the mix. It was always a running back by committee. Oh, here's a name that will sound very familiar to Bronco fans. One Mike Bell was also a part of that committee that he liked to assemble. But all of them had different talents, different skill sets that would complement the other and also present a change of pace to the opposition. And I believe that tonight is a perfect opportunity for not only Javante Williams to uh, to test that knee out and, and see how it feels in real live game action, get tackled to the round, maybe ground, maybe even take that first thump. But for Jalil McLaughlin, hopefully it's an opportunity for the equipment staff to spell his name right. Right. And I, I don't know that there's a more embarrassing moment in in uh, in that particular room. But for him to prove that he can be a change of pace guy because he cannot be what Javante Williams is. He cannot be what Samaj P. Ryan and those guys are thumper. We t- I talked with Orlando Franklin yesterday, and these guys, again, are just bowling balls of men. They, they both go uh, 220 or better, and they're, they're just they're tough tackles, right? But can Jaleel McLaughlin be the guy? Right, that's a scat guy. Can he be the Darren Sproles guy? I want to be careful about drawing that particular comparison. But can he be that guy that's in that mold? And is that how he separates himself from the group and ultimately finds himself on the Broncos roster when it when it's all said and done? It's a it's a tough thing to ask. But he has shown in practice that he has a burst that is very unique. And it is very uh, uh, needed and can give teams problems. And he's not a guy for his size at just over 180 pounds that's scared to run in between the tackles. So, you you know, just a a very unique back. Obviously set a ton of records at Youngstown State, one of the meccas of football, and a golden opportunity for him tonight. I don't know that I need to see a ton of Samaj P. Ryan. And obviously uh, just a few nicks and dings, and that happens as you age in the NFL. I believe he's on year seven. So that's going to happen. But where one door closes, another opens. So Jalil McLaughlin, I am really interested to see how he capitalizes on this opportunity and how he separates himself from the group. I'm interested to hear what you guys think and what you are wanting to take away from tonight. That uh, text line is 303-713-1043. What is it that you want to see? What do you want to see from the offense? What do you want to see from the defense? Even though they're going to be limited, how many snaps? Do you need to see from these guys up front? Zach Allen is as advertised. DJ Jones won't be in the lineup tonight. No, Josie Jewell. Do we need to see Alex Singleton? No. We know what he is. He's brought his lunchbox the last two years. That's what got him the contract. We don't need to see Randy Gregory. We don't need to see Frank Clark. Right? Jonathan Cooper. You probably need to see a little bit more of that. What do you guys need to see? 303-713-1043, that's our text line. We'd love to hear your takes, and uh, uh, if they're any good, I'll include them. But I think it's a golden opportunity, again, for Jaleel McLaughlin to set himself apart. Another thing that I'm really interested in seeing tonight as the Broncos take on the 49ers at 6.30 tonight, again, we'll take you all the way up to a kickoff. Uh, how do the Broncos on offense manage their third downs, and how do they put their themselves in an opportunity giving themselves an opportunity to be successful in converting those, stay on the field, stay on schedule, alleviate some of that pressure from the defense. Uh, and, and to help answer that question, I'm going to bring in Matt Smith. Matt, hey, how you doing, man? You got you all set up out there? What's going on? You know what? You know what? We, we made it. We made you it. Know, sometimes it just takes a little time, but we made it. Made chicken salad, brother. 
Yeah, you know, when life gives you lemons, you just got to make lemonades, Kyle. Um, you talk about Julia McLaughlin, yeah? Yeah, I, I think it's a golden opportunity for him tonight. Oh, man, you said it, buddy. I mean, you talk about a guy who got four carries in the first preseason game, and this was one of the stars of training camp, right? We expected more from Jaleel McLaughlin, and so far we just haven't had an opportunity to see it in real time. But tonight we're going to get that chance. He was running a lot more with the ones this week, and I expect a much, much better look at Jaleel McLaughlin tonight. Uh, I'm, I'm really careful to draw the comparison, right? And I go back to the old days of the Sean Payton offenses and the running back by committee, and he, he always had that change of pace guy. Right. Right. Darren Sproles, obviously, being the most prolific of what would be many trios. I'm careful not to draw that parallel because he's one of the better players in in, at that particular position. But can he be that type of player in this offense? I would hope so, man. I mean, he's going to have to prove that he's a willing blocker. Right. I think that's what's going to hold him back from making the roster, if anything, will, because what we know is he's not going to play a role on special teams. And I mean, (laughs) If you tried to stick him out there at any spot, it would just look funny because he's just not that type of body, right? So this is a guy who's going to have to prove that he can be an asset both in the run game and in the passing game by blocking because if he's a tell, then he's not going to be able to play. And the Broncos currently with Dulcich and Okawebanam, they have too many of those. So, yeah, I think that's a guy who can be that dynamic home run hitter out of the backfield and certainly that they could use him, you know, split out in space. I just... You know, my thing with Julio McLaughlin is do you provide enough value to this team to the point where you don't tip the play? And I think that's the biggest concern. And, and look, and that's a tough ask because, again, I, I mentioned he, he's a shade over 180 pounds. In the, in the NFL, that's, that's slight, particularly for to ask him to do what we're talking about. We've seen guys like uh, I, I remember a really specific – Jones drew Maurice Jones drew play where he stepped up and just stoned a few guys and he was a willing guy but he was a little bit more stout this is tough to do at 180 pounds in the NFL don't you think yeah man I mean you're talking about playing with grown-ass men right I mean you're talking about taking big hits and being able to bounce back from them Jaleel's got to prove that he can do that and hopefully we get a good opportunity to take a look at him tonight I know Tyler Beatty was banged up a little bit in practice this week. So I don't know if we're actually going to see him in this game, but I imagine we will see a good amount of Tony Jones Jr. as well tonight. And then, of course, you know, I know you mentioned it in that first segment, but Javante Williams, buddy. I mean, we're going to see the first 10 snaps since October from Javante Williams. I was actually looking at some highlights of his earlier today and laughing, just thinking back to, gosh, man, this this cat's good, you know. And, and the, his running style, though, Kyle, is my biggest concern because he's a he, he's a churner, you know, a lot of load on that lower body. So Sean Payton talked about maybe getting him four carries or less. I think that's great. We'll see how it plays out. I think for him it's just, okay, let's get you back out there, maybe get those first-time nerves out of the way, and maybe get hit once or twice and start to build that confidence back up. For Javante Williams, uh, you mentioned it, right? He's a... He likes he breaks tackles, right? That's one of the things. Yards after contact, uh, and and so for him to push through that from a mental standpoint, I think that's going to be one of the things I'm looking for specifically. It, I've never had an injury like that. I, I I think he's well ahead of track 
what is it going? To, what is it going to look like when he takes that first hit? What like what are you looking for? I, I, I'm I'm nervous for it. You know, just to pop back up. That's what yeah. I'm looking for. I mean, truthfully, Not at late. this stage, at this stage, it's just can you build the confidence to just keep going, right? Because that's the NFL, especially the life of a running back who's supposed to be. You know, one of the, you know, I don't know if we can use bell cow anymore because I think it's pretty clear that they're going to split carries between him and P. Ryan pretty consistently early in the season. So, yeah, the ability to pop back up and really just just the fact that he can, you know, cross the sideline and head out onto the field with a helmet on. That's that's really what I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. And in less than a calendar year, by the way, I think that is remarkable. You mentioned watching some film on him and going back. I asked Orlando this yesterday Mm. and it sounded a little pessimistic and I caught a little heat for it. Whatever. That's what I'm here for. Why are we so excited about this guy? Because it's not that we've seen a ton of sample size from him. He had 203 carries this rookie year, split it down the middle with Melvin Gordon. He's still unproven to some degree in the NFL. But yet there still seems to be so much excitement about his return. Do you think that's a little bit unwarranted? Are we a little overexcited? No, yes. no, no, no. I mean, how could we be overexcited? How could we be overexcited about one of the best Broncos getting back into game action? I mean, I don't think there's any bit of that. I, I think it's – you're right. Like, I, I, there's a bit of tempering of expectations that needs to take place. But outside of that, I mean – this 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 kid is a playmaker, and he's been one of the lone playmakers on a Broncos offense that's been devoid of it, right? So, you know, we got tons to get into, Kyle, certainly. The Broncos wrapped up training camp this week, which a little bittersweet, but also Sean Payton said there's no light at the end of the tunnel. I want your take on what you think about that approach from Sean Payton and what we saw out of what was the final week of open training camp practices. We'll get to all of that and more coming up. It is your Broncos pregame. It's Broncos and 49ers kick 6.30 local time, and Kyle and I will take you all the way up to kickoff. It's Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan.